Welcome everyone to the Power Half Hour. Today we have a very special guest, my partner, uh, Indy Kosa, Indian Associates, top producer, uh, former Remax, brought his whole team into EXP uh, only about a year ago, just crushing it every day, listing machine. Thank you for spending your time with us today. Welcome. John, thank you for having me. Number first things first, congratulations brother on being the president for Canada. It's huge for us. I've known you for a year now and uh, I'm very proud that you've actually, you know, you have this position and this title and it's it's huge, huge benefit for Canada as a whole. So congratulations. Really appreciate you. Thank you. Thank you. It's an honor and a privilege to be in this position. At the same time, I'm here to serve all the agents in our company, uh, make sure that everybody has a great agent experience. Impeccable customer service is what I'm all about. But it, this ain't about me. This is about Indy. All right, Indy, tell us where you come from, man. You you do have an accent. Is that, uh, let me guess, um, British accent? Edmonton, Alberta. <laughs> really? No, no, no. I, I was born in England. Oh. Okay, got it. You got me a little bit. You had me. I was born in England. I was born in Wolverhampton, actually, a place in uh, England. And uh, we actually came over to Canada in 93, straight to Edmonton. So when we came over, John, I was 15, kicking and screaming, oh, wow. left all my friends behind. It was a tough transition for a guy at my age to come over and start all over again, right? So, But, wow. but we did that. I went to high school here. Uh, graduated from high school, went to university. Uh, I was three years in to get my degree to criminology. Oh, wow. And I uh, decided what I wanted to do from day one was I wanted to be a policeman. So, wow. so I applied for Edmonton and Calgary. And uh, Calgary's process was a little faster, so I got accepted into the Calgary Police Service. Packed my bags and on the road from Edmonton to Calgary, and I was there for five years in, the, in CPS, Calgary wow. Police Service. So... Quite an experience for me. No kidding. Um, third year in in criminology in university, and then you jumped out and stri went straight to being a police officer for five years. That's right. Yeah, that's what I did. You know, so I still have that year left that I could go back to school and finish the degree. But uh, you know, as you get a little older, you get a little slower, right? So, yeah, yeah. Wow. So. From being a police officer to being in real estate, how what happened there that got you into real estate? Well, you know, I did five years in the police. And, like, I'm, I'm a pretty happy-go-lucky guy. And I couldn't see myself doing it for longer than five years. You know, like, in the police, like, there's a... You know, everybody has their job, what they have to do. Like, you know, I enjoyed it for five years, but I wanted to start a family. I wanted to do other things, too, as well. And an opportunity came along. My father actually used to be a real estate agent in Edmonton. And he said to me, he said, listen, Indy, he said, they're changing the actual course itself. And uh, he said, you should take it before they change it because they might make it a little more difficult. It's under your belt. If you don't want to do anything with real estate, it's still going to be something that you can hold on to. Because he was a very, he was a, he was a very successful commercial real estate agent here in Edmonton. And he'd be doing, he'd, he'd been doing that for a long time. So I took the license. I came back to Edmonton. I quit. I took the license. But my eyes, John, I, I was always business-minded. My eyes were, this is what I was thinking. I've been in the police for five years. There's an opportunity for me to maybe open a driving school. And that's, mm. that's where my focus went. It went to opening a driving school. I had the name. I had everything. It was going to be called the Indy 500 Driving School. <laughs> nice. <laughs> 
So, you know, I, I got into that. I started, you know, taking out students because you need one year experience before, you know, you could move along. And you know what? It wasn't something that I could have seen myself doing for a long time. Mm. Ironically, I was in the mall one day. I met a high school friend from Edmonton and she says, Indy, where you been? We had the conversation. I told her, I said, I'm, I just took my real estate license. Indy, I'm marrying my fiance next year. We need a house. <laughs> wow. That's perfect. That was my first deal. January. Oh my God. <laughs> right away. Right away. And my you know goodness. what, John? I've never looked back since that deal. Tell us about that. So one deal that, you know, that just kind of fell into your lap. I don't know, maybe, you know, timing is everything in real estate, right? Um, but did you struggle a little bit after that deal? Or was it, like you said, never looked back? Did you, you know, how many deals did you do in your first year? In my first, in my first year, I did about 25 deals. But what happened was, John, I was working really, really hard, seven days a week, you know, and I was really, my focus was on for sale by owners because I didn't know many people in Edmonton, you know, I had just come, you know, it, it's a new territory to me, really. Five, so what I did the whole year was I just focused on sale by owners. About 25 mm. deals is what I got done. But, you know, when you start in real estate, there's no real mentorship there. There's no coaching. And how it was, and this was like, I took this course 13 years ago. And when you're asking guys in your brokerage to help you out, it was more of a closed door concept where there's no collaboration. Nobody's helping each other. You have no coaching. And, you know, your, your, your broker says, go, call these for sale by owners. So that's exactly what I did. And so I was actually number three in the Remax office where I was in my first year. But my goodness, with no mentorship and no coaching, I took all that income and I invested it into different forms of marketing. Okay, tell us more about that. What types of marketing did you invest then in? Then it was flyers. We didn't really have, you know, Facebook wasn't really very big. Instagram was not heard of really. Mm -hmm. And, you know, like social media posting stories, none of that was there. So we had to spend money. So I mm -hmm. actually, what I did was I printed flyers out on a Saturday and a Sunday. I'd go from door to door handing out flyers. Oh, my goodness. And this was before Canada Post ad mail came out. <laughs> so... There you go. Wow. Five or six hundred flyers, you know, I'm pretty fit then. And, you know, I'm running around up and down these crescents and sending out cards. And I concentrated on one area. And then the phone started ringing. Mm. You know, you sold the house down the street. I used to look at a lot of stats. You know, you, you know, usually what happens is one house comes up for sale in the area. I'd run there on a Saturday and I'd canvas that whole crescent. I'd canvas the whole area because I know that somebody else is going to end up putting up the home for sale too as well. So that's what I did. Like, you know, you know on and on. And I spent a lot of money on these fancy flyers and, you know, like I didn't really get back what I had put into the marketing, but it put me in the past to continue where I was. And I was getting very comfortable at talking to people. And that was very difficult, John, because I was a policeman. I'd be kicking doors down, mm. dragging people out of homes, taking them to jail. And now I'm showing them houses, you know, helping them build their dream of, you know, bringing up a family and walking them into homes. So for me, it, it was a little different. So, you know, I had to be yeah. very em empathetic and, you know, I had to change the way I was talking because I wasn't an, author an authority figure anymore. 
Mm. So I had to train myself, you know, and I and I watched a lot of different videos. You know, YouTube was was big then, and you know, like we had guys like Jerry Bresser, Lismore Selmo, which is a is a very very old book from the seventies, and that's what I was reading because there wasn't much material. Like like I say, there, there was no support then. So no support, and you basically just went out and invested in some marketing. So how much of your income that you made from the 25 transactions, percentage-wise, you invested into those flyers and, uh, you know, whatever mail-outs that you did? All of it. <laughs> All of it? Every single penny wow. in my first year, I invested it right back into real estate. And when January came, John, I had to start all over again. Mm. because the phone didn't ring the listings didn't come and the buyers didn't come running like i thought they were gonna come so i was kind of reinventing this wheel because i didn't have any help you know wow. residential agents i'll be asking them in the office what are you doing differently i'd love to do an open house i'd love to do that eventually i got an open house but then you know like it's it's very difficult like it's very difficult to start off as an agent especially 13 years ago but i see that now too you don't have the right support. You don't have the right mentorship. You know, you're just reinventing the wheel. And I think it's easier now. Like, look at yourself. You have an excellent, excellent coaching system. You know, like, you know, agents now, and you know, you know, there's no, it's, you don't have to reinvent the wheel. You have to tell them what to do. You hold the agents accountable and they have to do that. This is a business. You know, you, you, you have to treat it that way too as well. Yeah. And this is what I learned Man. very fast. I think uh, without mentorship, without anybody guiding you, you were able to do 25 transactions. That's phenomenal. Um, how did you even get the idea to say, okay, let me just invest in all this? Like, it had to come from somewhere. Where did that idea come from? You know, I seen the I seen the, I seen their agents, you know, like you know, number one, number two in the office. They've got these, you know, fancy smancy cars. I, I went out, I went out and bought a BMW. I thought that's gonna get me mm. leads, that's gonna generate me business, but it didn't. So you know, so then you you so and then you know you're, you're looking at their flyers and you know the color back and front and things like that and what they're posting out there. And I was trying to do what they were doing not knowing that I wasn't doing things the correct way or I, my follow-up wasn't correct. Mm. I didn't have any systems in place, John. I had nothing. You know, I had my cell phone and I had my feet, I had my car, and I'd just be out there just, you know, trying to do what other guys were doing. And it, and it wasn't working. It didn't work in the first year. So I had to mm. evaluate the whole business in year two. And, and, that's, when, gotcha. and that's when a lot of things changed. Right. So first year was mostly for sale by owners. And then after that first year, you started investing in marketing. So I, I want to talk a little bit about prospecting and marketing, right? Uh, you, it sounds like you did both. Do you believe it's more marketing based and prospecting enhanced or prospecting enhanced marketing? Uh, sorry, prospecting based marketing enhanced. I, I think it's a bit of both, to be honest with you, because like you have to you have to go out and get business and also you have to have a system in place where you're, you're generating other sources of leads too as well. Like I always say, you need at least four or five lead generation sources, but then you still have to be out there and be proactive yourself. Yeah, no matter how you look at it, you got to be going out there talking to people. 
I always say that if, even if you get a bunch of leads from online or from social media from mail outs, if you don't know what to say, if you don't call them, it wouldn't matter anyway. So 25 transactions in your first year and then you started marketing that small area. Um, let's get granular a little bit. Um, what's the, how many blocks radius did you do this farm? I did it in one community. Oh, yeah, it was just okay. one community and there was about 2,500 houses in there. But like I couldn't cover the community all at one time. Now you can. You send out a flyer. It's gone. It's all delivered in everybody's mailboxes. Mm. in. I was running around. You know what I mean? I had a couple of friends that were helping me out, too, as well. But, uh, you know, that's what we tried to do. So I was going out there just giving people free home evaluations. Mm. And I wrote a script. And like, I think these scripts are very important because I when somebody I'd knock on the door, Hey, India, you know, we've just sold a home down the street or I didn't sell a home. Then there's a home that's just listed down the street from you by so-and-so, you know, have you ever thought about, you know, selling your home? Do you know the value of your home? And I was going through these mm. scripts, writing them out until I found something that worked. And that's what I did initially. And then, you know, ad mail came out. We started sending more mail out. We started expanding the horizon, you know, expanding into different communities and uh, social media became huge now. Now, marketing is, I don't spend as much money marketing as I used to anymore because now with me, I'm, oh. I'm pretty out there with social media. You know, I like to tell my story, you know, and I think, I think that's huge because social media has changed the game dramatically. So have you replaced, um, you know, ad mail and paper mail? Uh, with social media? No, completely. No, I'm still doing just sold postcards and just okay. listed postcards because wow. not everybody's yeah. on social media. And you know, True. in some of the areas that we have, the demographic is a little different. And like, mm. you know, some people still love to receive ad mail, some don't. So, you know, if you, if you spread yourself out too thin, I think if you just, you know, stick with one lead generation source, you're missing out on the others. And mm. to get from, you know, 25 transactions to 50 transactions, you've got to start thinking outside the box a little bit. Absolutely. So it's not either or, it's both, it's all. So you need to have the ad mail still. It, it really depends. If you're doing a bunch of houses, I think the ad mail still works. On top of that, you do your social media to keep in touch with your past clients that have influence on social media. You're going to be unstoppable. And that's where Indy is at. Um, so with that all being said, you obviously you built up a big business now. Um, you had a Remax brokerage and you grew it to 87 agents in one year. Uh, when was that? And how did you do that? I started, in t I started 13 years ago. And uh, I actually joined a Remax office, and that office mm. was in Edmonton here. It's, it's no longer anymore, but that Remax office, I spent two years in that office. But what happened was after two years, you can go take your broker license. And with mm. me being business savvy, I thought, you know, instead of me paying these high dramatic fees to Remax, I can just maybe open my own office. And I wasn't concentrating on recruiting then. I just wanted to save some mm. money instead of paying this brokerage where I could reinvest into marketing instead of, you know, paying for their brand, which wasn't bringing me any business. Right. Mm. So we opened, we, we opened a brokerage and in that one year, I recruited 87 agents. Wow. 87 agents. And that wasn't intentional but what happened was 
because you know I was trying to provide training to and things like that. I remember this was this was eleven years ago. The, the game was very different. I was you know Saturday morning training in the boardroom. Now it's all online, yeah. but I was trying to provide value to the agents that were joining us, and yeah. it was a passion of mine to help agents too as well because. Sorry, I missed that. Uh, Sorry, so passion yeah. and training. Yeah, because when I started, I didn't have anybody. So I got a lot of young agents coming in and I was training them. And, you know, there's plenty of money in this industry to be made for everybody, even if you're in the same city. And I've always thought that. So I got to 87 agents. I had one franchise that approached me that wanted to buy me out. And mm. I said, no, it wasn't the time then. Until Remax came, <laughs> Remax came, and they actually bought me out. You know, we, it was a little process. They bought me out, but they asked me to stay with them for one year, so I was there. Mm. So I started building my team, growing my brand, Indicane Associates. You know, and um, an opportunity came to join EXP. Mm. And when I looked at the EXP model, I actually couldn't believe it at first. <laughs> so. I'll, you know, like from being a broker owner to seeing what this model is, mm. it was it was unbelievable. It was a li it was a lifetime opportunity for me. And now that I was I was telling you the other day, I've been in EXP for a year, and I wish I had done it eight nine years ago. You know, it would I have told blown up with you, yeah, just unbelievable. Like you know, like you would have have never heard me mention the brokerage that I was with because I never felt like an owner until I got mm. into EXP. Now all you hear is Indicane Associates, EXP, you know, and Global Real Estate Masterminds. We've built an academy. What we're doing is we're still fulfilling our passion to helping agents become better. Yes. Yes. At the same time, our business is growing. At the same time, we're doing collaboration with other real estate agents and everybody is growing together. And you know, John, we're a massive family. Massive. And I missed out on this for so many years, but it's all about timing. And you know, now that I'm here, like it's, it's, it's amazing. Like the, the guys that I've met yourself, Gurinder in Calgary, you know, I met Glenn Stanford in Vancouver too, as well. Like mm -hmm. what, what, a, what, a, what a brand, what a company, what a vision, what a family that we've built. Yeah, it's uh, and we get to, you know, enroll great people that we want to work with. That's the beauty of agent attraction is uh, you can reach out to people that you want to be working with. And we built uh, a bunch of people that we love, you know, with them that we're going to grow with. So I man, I'm just grateful for being your partner uh, through Grinder. It's been a phenomenal journey and I, I can't wait to see what we can do. Um, so this, this has been a long journey. So 13 years in real estate now, 11 years as a broker, you sold it to Remax. And then for, after one year, you came to EXP, right? So well, with this being said, like you are successful, indeed. <laughs> no matter how you look at it, what drives you today? You know, I, I, have, I have my wife. You know, like with me now, it's it's my kids. Like, John, you you know, you see my kids, you see them on social media. You know, I'm a proud father, you know. I drive the vehicle that I want to drive. You know, I built the house that I wanted to build. 
You know, now for me, it's my responsibility is, you know, to make sure that my kids are always looked after, you know, that they're, they're experiencing, you know, the same things that I didn't have to go through. They're, they're enjoying their life. You know, I am giving them experiences. And we do that through the income that we generate. Because, you know, John, we, I like to travel. My kids like to travel. My son wants to go to Australia in December. Like, like this is my why now, right? Like, you know, as, as you get a little old, I'm 45 years old now. You know, now I'm looking at, you know, maybe slowing down a little. But in this mm-hmm. industry, you start slowing down, brother, you get bored, right? So, and <sighs> like, you know, this is something that I will be doing for the rest of my life. And I love doing it. So, yeah, like, you know, with me, my family's number one. Like, you know, my wife, my kids, like, this is this is where we are right now. We're so fortunate to do the things that we can do and go to the places where we want to go to experience things together. And I think that is huge. And you, you, can't, you can't put a price on that. It's, we are truly blessed. And I think um, what an opportunity to be in real estate. Uh, and we chose this and uh, we're doing our best every single day to provide for our family. And, you know, that's our why. And same, same with me. That's my why. Uh, my next question is, how do you balance? Because you got three kids and they're all fairly young and you're still crushing it in real estate right now. How is your schedule with your family versus your work? We have to block time. Like, you know, and like with clients, they will respect the time that we have blocked. Like, I don't work on the weekends anymore. But, you know, like if an offer comes in, one of my team members will deal with it. But, you know, Mm -hmm. you do get the odd time where a seller wants to talk to you directly. And that's okay, too. You can take a phone call. You know, my family understands that, that I sell real estate. You know, so like with me, like I try and be there for the family as much as I can. Like the things that I don't compromise is I'll always be dropping them off to school. I'll Mm. always be picking them up from school. We have a couple of hours that we spend together once they come home. And and then I spend that time with them. And they understand sometimes you might have to leave in the evening for an appointment or whatever it may be. And they understand that. So, and, you know, their games and, you know, their schedule, you know, it, it does get crazy. But as parents, we need to be there for our kids, too, as well. This is a very important age for them. And, and people understand that. It's when it's when you don't pick up the phone and, and the seller's trying to call you. He doesn't know where you are. And you're building that anxiety thinking, oh, my God, I'm too scared yeah. to tell my clients what I'm doing. But, but, you know, people appreciate and they understand that you're a family man also. And they know when, you, when they need you, you are also going to be there for them. And that is yeah. huge. Time blocking, guys. Um, you know, that's... Glenn Sanford, when I took on, when I was considering uh, this position, he said, uh, you're going to get a lot busier. Yes. Um, But family first and then work your schedule, your work, your work schedule around that. So I think you've done that beautifully, Indy. It's it's not easy to do because I'm almost like I'm glued to my phone. And, you know, it breaks my heart when uh, Zoe, my oldest, saying, Daddy, put your phone away. And she's only four (laughs) years old, Indy. It's crazy. So I, I really, you know, admire what you do. You know, you're always out there taking listings, you know, working, hustling, but you also uh, make time to be with family every single day. Uh, you know, I, I say uh, if I could do just one hour with my daughter, you know, every day without my phone, I'd be good. But two hours, I think, is, is better, right? <laughs> it is. You know, like, John, you know, this business is so rewarding. Mm-hmm. You know, it, it, we've, you can build... A business as large as you want. 
On the other side, you have to be comfortable with what you build because you never want to sacrifice anything that you built at home. So, you know, I see guys that are in the business that have been doing this for a year and all of a sudden they get burnt out because they're not, they're not managing their time. Like uh, you said, time blocking is huge. What do we do in January? We decide where we're going to go that year and our vacation time, which is massive because it's needed. It's much needed because, you know, like as, as the years go by, like, you know, like things change all the time. So time management is, is so big in this business. It's huge. I don't think uh, a lot of agents take it seriously enough time management and priority management. What's your priority? Because, you know, business can be done. Business is always out there and money's always out there. But if you don't take care of your family, don't take care of your health, like what's the business for, right? So thank you for sharing that. Um, next, I'd like to ask, the market's heating up again. What do you think is happening and how do you see the rest of the year for us here in Canada? I know as you go through, the market's very different where you guys are. Even in Alberta, the market is very different in Calgary to here in Edmonton. Oh, okay. uh, it's, it's really heated up in Calgary. Uh, Edmonton's, I always say Edmonton's about four or five months behind Calgary. Okay. And, you know, Calgary, some, some will argue Cal Calgary's a more desirable place to live. I think Edmonton's great. What's happening is now is we've gone into March. The inventory is still not coming up as to what it should do in March. Uh, we've, we've got more buyers out there that have now come off the fences thinking, okay, the interest rate isn't going to go back to 2%. We all know that right away. And I think they're just becoming more and more comfortable. So what's happening is the inventory is not there. I think it's going to be more of a seller's market for the rest of the year here. But mm. anything could change because like in Edmonton, things change very drastically. Like last year, the prices started to climb. All of a sudden, they started to decline. So... Mm. It, it's it's supply and demand, and, and that's what it yeah. is every year. With me, I like a balanced market. You know, I know how many transactions we're going to be doing this year. I know who to talk to. I You know, I know who's going to be putting up the home for sale, and I know who's going to be buying. So I, I love a balanced market. Like, you know, when seller's market, you know, buyer's market, things become a little imbalanced, right? So, yeah. Uh, and we like to walk our clients through, right? Like, you know, a positive experience as well. You know, we don't mm. want to, we, we have never rushed a deal. Good for you. I know Alberta because of oil and gas, you know, we had a, a rough time 2016, 17. And, you know, it, the prices didn't really come back. This is what I hear in Calgary. It didn't really come back until last year. How did you make it through those tough years in uh, Alberta? For some, they're tough years. For me, John, it was a balanced market. Like this is, this Yay. with me, I consider myself now a marketing expert. I'll walk mm. into a home and, you know, with the things from 13 years of experience, from sending flyers out on foot now to what we're doing on social media, I know how who to put the home in front of. I know mm. where the buyers are going to be looking. And, you know, pricing is very important too as well. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And you have to make it realistic. Of course, people think we bought a home two years ago in Edmonton and it's only worth five, ten, fifteen thousand dollars when homes in Toronto and Vancouver, you know, a hundred thousand plus. But long as you educate your clients, long as you have their expectations where they need to be from exactly what's going on in the market, you keep the market balanced, clients are happy. Homes will sell, buyers will buy, sellers will buy, no matter what kind of market you're in, right? 
So wow, like, that's great. I I love what you said. For some, it was tough, right? <laughs> and I think you you would say that because you you niched in in this one area. You put in the work. Now you're a marketing expert, and everybody knows you in the community. And at this point in your career, you're literally un, untouchable, unstoppable because of what you did in the past. And now you even have a database to back that up. So, guys, we want to always get to that level where Indy is at. Build up your database. Keep marketing. Keep getting out there. And even 13 years later, he's still hustling every single day. So the hustle doesn't stop. Follow Indy on social media. You know what I'm talking about. Indy. Um, Phenomenal, phenomenal career so far and uh, wish you obviously all the success and I appreciate all the partnership. What advice do you have for agents that are, you know, perhaps just starting to really crush 2023? John, we've got agents that are starting. We've got lots of agents that are coming to the business. We've got agents that are struggling because last year is very different. Find, find a mentor. Like, you know, find a mentor, get some coaching, surround yourself with positive people too, because I know there's a lot of realtors out there that are struggling and, you know, you want to, you want to remain with people. You want to have your goals in place. You want to assess your goals every day, write them down, you know, they manifest. So being around the right people, don't reinvent the wheel, find a coach, mentor, whatever you need. The help is out there. You just have to go find it. Like, look at John's brilliant, right? You know what I mean? But our academy is amazing. You know, Global Real Estate Masterminds. You got me. The questions come all the time. Feel free to ask me a question. We don't want to reinvent the wheel. We, we want to make sure that new agents are successful. It's a brilliant business. Man, this is, this is great. So, guys, uh, Indy has the roadmap. He knows exactly what to do go out there and get a coach go out there and get a mentor and if you are in indy's area or or all over the world if you're watching this right now follow indy on social media get indy get sold <laughs> thank you sir for being here today man appreciate all the best you. Thank you soon thank you thank you brother